Every week, my prayer is that we will participate together in worship, including the message, in hearing, in response, in seeing what the Word says and how it applies to us. But it's hard to measure, at least from my side of it at times. So this morning, I have a very concrete way for participation. When you came in, there was probably a little yellow piece of paper seated on your, or placed on your chair. If you don't see it, you're sitting on it. Or someone took it to write a note to someone else, and there's probably one somewhere nearby. But I need you to grab that, and you're going to participate with me here as we start. And I just need you at the top of that paper to write, and there are pens all across. And if you can't reach it, just ask your neighbor. This is another form of participation and get to know them after the service. But at the top of your paper, I just want you to write two words. I want you to write me too. M-E-T-O-O. Me too. Now, if I said that this morning we're going to give away $1,000 to someone, please put your name on this piece of paper if you would be interested in that. Many of you would go, me too. Yeah, I'd like that. We're not, just in case you were wondering. There are all kinds of things, though, that we are eager to put our hand up and say, yeah, me too. There are also a lot of things that we put our hands in our pockets and go, I don't want anybody to know. What we've been looking at now for the third week is one of those that we have a tendency to put our hands in our pocket and say, I don't want anyone to know. Because what we've been looking at is the fact that God cares about your mental and emotional health. And in the church, we've done a lousy job throughout the years of even mentioning this, let alone teaching on it. And I apologize for that. But my goal this morning is that we would recognize that every one of us has those moments in our life when we just need to say, me too. We have those moments, and if we're not currently in one of those situations, we're well aware of somebody we know, love, or care about that is in that spot. So this morning, as we take a look in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, as we go through this teaching this morning, piling on top of what we've done the last couple of weeks I just want that phrase to resonate in your soul. Me too. So that we are honest minimally before God. And begin to be honest before at least someone else. To acknowledge our struggles at times. And to reach out to help someone else. When it's their turn to say, me too. 
So if you have your Bibles or you're looking at your Bible on your devices, we're in the New Testament, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. This is a, a passage that's actually two different stories. There's a story of Jairus and his daughter who was ill that he asked Jesus to come and make well. And the story of the woman, we're not given a name, who had been suffering for years with a bleeding disease of some kind. And both of them reached out to Jesus, but in far different ways. Let's take a look. Beginning at verse 40 of Luke chapter 8. It says, Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living or savings on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounds you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear, only believe she will be well. When he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. All were weeping and mourning for her. And he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, child, arise. And her spirit returned and she got up at once and he directed that something be given her to eat. And the parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. The child, 12 years old. The woman suffering for 12 years. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand the overall meaning of this passage and thinking that Everything brought to Christ will be healed in the way we desire. That simply isn't how it always works. But everything brought to Jesus will be touched and will be changed. The question is, do we recognize and acknowledge 
when we have an issue. Whatever it may be, it seems easier, doesn't it, to ask for prayer or help or let people know when there's a physical need? I mean, sometimes we can't deny it. I was in that spot recently. My limp gave it away. By the way, I've had a bunch of you ask this morning, are you back to normal? That's a tough question. I've rarely been accused of being normal, so I'm not sure about that, but I feel so much better than I had for a couple of years before surgery to answer that question. Jairus came and was open. He openly fell at the feet of Jesus and told him his need. The woman was hiding. Came up behind Jesus to touch him. I'm not sure exactly why. Some of it would have been a cultural thing, but some of it was Jairus was asking for someone else, not for himself. He wasn't acknowledging me too. He was saying, for my daughter. I don't know about you, but Man, when it's for somebody else I love, I, I have no shame in asking for help or prayer. The woman's issue was not obvious. People couldn't look and see what was wrong. And that's tough, isn't it? When we're struggling with something and there can be mental, there can be physical things that are that way as well as certainly emotional or mental things. It's a little tougher to say, me too, when we look okay. Maybe that was why she didn't say. Maybe it had just drug on for 12 years and she was simply tired of saying it. We just know that she hid it at that point. But there are times for all of us when we have a struggle of some kind, when we have a struggle and sometimes the physical struggles lead to emotional or mental struggles and Sometimes it's the other way around, and sometimes there is no explanation. We just know it's our turn to say, me too. We all have those moments. And we have those moments even when we deny it. She wasn't acknowledging it, and yet she was suffering. Can you relate to that? Times when you're not telling anybody, in fact, you have been... <laughs> like we talked about the first week, very quickly to go, I'm fine. So many of our churches are simply full of fine people. Because that's what we say. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. Are you fine? I'm fine too. My family's fine. Everything's fine. When really it's time for us to say, me too. So denying it does not take it away. And we can have our struggles even when we're denying it. Verses 45 through 47, you see that Jesus said, who is it that touched me? And she didn't speak up. In fact, everybody else spoke up but her. Because look at what it says in verse 45. Jesus said, who was it that touched me when all denied it? And then it goes on, the next verse and says, when she couldn't be hidden anymore. Don't you picture that Jesus with the crowd around him and when he stopped and everybody bumped into each other because they were following so close. And he said, who touched me? And 
Peter was the one who voiced it. Everybody else thought it. What do you mean? We're all pressed in on you. And he goes, no, no, this was different. Something happened. Power went out for me. Somebody reached out to me in a different way. And I just imagine Jesus turning. He knew. He wanted her to say, me too. I have a feeling that with those piercing yet loving eyes, he's looking at her as he said, who touched me? And she finally said, me. Admitted what was going on as well as her healing. So even when we deny it, we can be having struggles and that doesn't take the struggle away. Her ailment was hidden and even when she sought help, she did it in a hidden way. I'm not saying that we need to broadcast publicly everything we struggle with. In fact, I don't think that's wise. But we got to admit it somewhere. Starting, first of all, with our Creator and our Lord and Savior, and finding somebody else who cares, who listens, who loves us. Me too. She even sought help in a hidden way, hoping to get healed and just kind of sneak away. We all go through our moments where it's our me too time, even when we think we'd be better off if we just pulled away. Can you relate to that? It'd just be better for myself and everybody else if I just pulled away. If I isolated. Which generally, if the issue is mental and emotional, adds to our problem, not helps it. Because it says that she touched him, she kind of slipped back into the crowd. When we're in that moment, that me too moment, we got to speak. We got to let others know. One, to acknowledge what's going on. Two, to encourage somebody else who may be able to say me too. I told you last week about the young man in the church who nobody knew that he had an issue, an addiction until he collapsed at work and nearly died. Several weeks later, he stood in front of his, his church, a large church, told his story and said, me. And dozens of others came up afterwards and said, me too. Even when we deny it, it's true. And even when we think that pulling away is the best thing, it's not. She had hoped to be unnoticed. You ever done that here at church? Just kind of tried to slide in and slide out. Hoping that at minimum all you would have to do is nod or say hi. Till you could make it to your car. Hoping that you would only have to answer the casual how are you. Not the how are you really doing. Question. That's what she was doing. It's what we do too often. When it's really time to say, me too. She let everyone else deny it before she stepped forward. 
I'm also in awe of the fact that with that many people around there, nobody else said, yeah, I touched you. I'm being changed by being in your presence, Jesus. We have those moments and we need to speak up and I want you to recognize that it is true that we're going through a struggle even when we're unsure of the reaction we will get. And isn't that why we hide quite often? She was unsure. What will they do if I could just touch his garment? She feared a bad reaction to seeking help and who could blame her? For 12 years, she had sought help with doctors and had gotten no relief. Not only no relief, but her savings were gone. A lot of you can say me too on that, can't you? Quite often, we're afraid to say because we're worried about the reaction. But look at Jesus' reaction when she came forward, when she told him that she was the one, verse 47, who had touched him and how she had been healed, he said, it's all summed up in the first word, daughter. It was a term of endearment, intimacy, and compassion. And with that crowd around, she would have heard not just his voice, but the meaning of that word. Surprised to have been called daughter by Jesus. Because so many of us have believed the lie of Satan or of our world that has said we're not worthy. You see, that's a half truth. We're not worthy, but it doesn't matter. Because Jesus says, we are worthy. Not that we've earned it, but that he looks at us and puts a worth on us that he gave his life for. How can we be afraid of his reaction? He gave his life for you. And I can't just say, me too. I, I just get choked up in goosebumps when I picture that scene with the crowd. Everybody has stopped. And when she told him, me too, and he looked at her and said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Well, her faith, it wasn't the amount of faith, it was who her faith was in. that had brought the change in her life. See, Jesus responded with compassion and he always will. In this case, she was healed. But we have to remember healing comes in many forms. My mom was healed when she died at age 59 from the cancer. Because she was no longer suffering from that. She was with her Savior in that moment. We were left to grieve. But mom wasn't grieving or hurting anymore. There are all kinds of forms of healing. 
Sometimes God takes the situation away. Sometimes he takes us through the situation. Sometimes he gives us the strength to endure in the situation. I don't understand why sometimes it's one way and sometimes it's another. But I trust him. That's not always easy, to be honest. Because some of those situations I was sure should have gone another way. But I've read this book enough times and I've lived long enough to recognize that he always knows best. And that I don't always recognize it in the moment. So I just trust him. Say, okay, Lord. Me too. Even if I haven't gotten what I had hoped for. And I'll tell you the truth. After the fact, there's been a bunch of those situations that I am so grateful I didn't get what I had hoped for because of what I saw next. So part of our Me Too moment is acknowledging a trust in the one who created us, who gave his life for us. We have our Me Too moments. And it's true that we go through struggles and especially when our faith is faltering. Now, as we said last week, it's a myth that you're going through it because you don't have enough faith. You're not healed. You're still struggling. You're still having those thoughts and that depression, that anxiety or whatever it may be. Just because you don't have enough faith or haven't prayed enough. That's a myth. But we still need to have faith. And you know what? Faltering faith, if you listen to that phrase, is still faith. No faith is not having faith. Having questionable, having little, having faltering faith is still faith. And what I love about our Lord is that God rewards and responds to any step of faith, no matter the size of the step. Sometimes we take a giant step of faith, and sometimes, like I did that first day home from the hospital, we barely slide forward. But whether you're inching forward or striding forward in your faith in that moment, God meets you right where you step. And he looks at you and says, son or daughter, with love and compassion, super faith is not required for help. Just faith. Small, faltering, shaky, as long as it's directed toward him. You see, I am overwhelmingly convinced that a whole bunch of us need to say, me too. 
to acknowledge who he is. To acknowledge that whether anybody else around us seems to understand, he does. And that's what matters most. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. It matters what others think. We're human. We're not able to just turn that off. But what others think is not near as important as what he is. And how much he loves you. Emotional struggles, he loves you. Mental issues, he loves you. Physical issues, he loves you. Things are going great, he loves you. And you don't have to apologize when things are going great. But what is your me too moment? That maybe you haven't been like Jarius and just publicly said, here's what I need. But a little more like the woman who said, if I could just reach in and around and get a little, maybe something would change. We're going to sing a song in closing about, Lord, I need you. And while we're singing that song, I'm going to invite you that if this is the moment you need to say, me too. I want you to just write your name. Just, just put your first name on there. And as we're singing, just come and lay it on the altar, face down. I'm going to gather them up afterwards. They're for my eyes only. And I'm going to be praying through those this week. I'm not going to know the story. I don't need to. He does. And that as I pray your name, I know that he is speaking to you. And he's reaching you as you reach out and in this moment say, me too. Put your name, bring it forward. Let's stand together as we sing.